I'd like to pray and read scripture, and then we'll, we'll get started. Heavenly Father, uh, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of each one of our hearts be pleasing to you as we study your word. Uh, would you speak to each one of us? Would you meet each one of us where we're at this morning? Uh, we pray that your, your word would come alive and that we would not just be hearers of your word, but that we would also be doers of your word, that we would... Uh, be able to put what we hear today into practice uh, in uh, concrete ways. Uh, help me to communicate clearly and boldly your gospel, and may your kingdom come in a very tangible way in this place this morning. We pray this through Christ. Amen. So our text is Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 to 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, uh, they will keep warm. But how does one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. We're going through a series on discipleship. This is our first week. Uh, it's accountability uh, we're looking at. So the one in the bottom left there. Uh, accountability is not a popular word in our culture. Uh, we can move to the next slide. Uh, no, the one after that. Yes, we're into my slides. Yep, yep. Thank you, Natalie. Okay, so I couldn't resist putting this in. Uh, this is an IT help desk, and this is someone saying, try rebooting your modem, turn off and wait 10 hours, and turn it back on again, and by that time I'll be off duty, and it'll be someone else's problem. <laughs> Accountability, uh, not a popular uh, thing in our culture. Um, recently, a pastor noted on his Twitter feed, everyone says they want community and friendship, uh, but mention accountability to people. We're going to be held accountable, and people run the other way. Uh, and so this morning, we're going to take a look at accountability, uh, something in our culture people want to run away from. Uh, recently, a friend said to me, uh, I am a disciple of Jesus, but I do my own thing. I really, I do my own thing. And I thought about this, and like, that's like saying I'm a baker, but... I don't bake, or I'm a runner, but I don't actually run. <laughs> uh, saying, I'm a disciple, but I do my own thing. This, in discipleship, you can't actually do your own thing. It's, it's meant to be done in community, and that's what our text talks about. Two are better than one. Uh, so this is why we've said before, this church, uh, the smallest number in the church is two. The smallest number in discipleship is two. Uh, so Frodo had Sam, and Harry had Hermione and Ron, uh, and in Scripture, Paul had Timothy, Naomi had Ruth. Uh, who are your travel companions on the journey? Who's traveling with you? Walking in step with Jesus is hard. It's really, really, really hard. And so we're not meant 
to do it alone. Uh, if you're a Christian, we, you need people to encourage you, uh, to, to help you when you're stumbling, uh, to uh, help you to walk this walk that Jesus calls us to. Um, so I want to do a 10-second kind of checkup. Uh, who are you accountable to? Who's close enough to you who could help you when you're stumbling? Uh, who have you given the license to shoot? Uh, if they see sin or unhealthy patterns in your life, who have you invited in? Uh, what does this look like? Uh, recently, uh, Terrence actually uh, gave me the license to shoot. Uh, he came up to me and he said, uh, Mark, uh, I want some feedback. Uh, tell me what in my life needs to stay and tell me what in my life needs to go, what I need to cut out. And uh, I just thought, this is the accountability that we're talking about. Uh, he basically gave me a license to shoot, and I shot. Uh, I didn't pull out a machine gun, I hope, but I shot. Uh, and I now have the accountability to turn to Terrence and say, okay, Terrence, what in my life uh, should I keep? And uh, what, what needs to go? Uh, please don't tell me now. <laughs> Let's wait. Let's wait for that. Um, but are you serious about finding travel companions? Uh, this is the challenge to you. Uh, this is your takeaway from this sermon. If you forget everything else, ask your parent, ask your friend. Ask your spouse, what in my life needs to go? Uh, what, what can stay? Um, and maybe you can remind them, be gentle. <laughs> um, but that's the, that's the challenge, concrete, right from the beginning. Uh, in some sense, this sermon's more about friendship than about accountability. Because if you don't have deep friendships, accountability won't actually happen. Uh, because you won't be ready to invite someone in uh, to speak in. So, uh, who are your friends? Uh, finding and keeping great friends is one of the important tasks of life. Uh, so, who have you given the license to shoot? Uh, we're going to talk about three things. Why you need great friends, how to get great friends and keep them, and three uh, what Jesus did to enable you to be a great friend. Uh, first, why you need great friends. So from the text, uh, right from the beginning, uh, the first is friends work together effectively. So that's verse 9. Uh, the second, uh, friends help one another in times of need. The third, friends offer comfort and companionship in life's cold nights. Fourth, friends cushion the blows that life deals. And fifth, and this is kind of a little bit of what Terrence did, did with me, friends inflict blows uh, for spiritual growth. Proverbs 27, verse 5 to 6, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Uh, friends correct each other. We listen to each other. Uh, I, I wish... Uh, Melanie, you know, I wish that you could sit in on a staff meeting sometime. Uh, actually, I wish that for all of us, um, that everyone here could at some point sit in on a staff meeting at the village and see kind of what happens behind the scenes. Uh, 
words that uh, could be frustrating or words that could seem uh, judgmental, uh, when they come from Joy or when they come from Hilda or when they come from Terrence uh, or Joel, uh, I don't receive them that way. I don't receive them that way. Uh, Proverbs says, iron sharpens iron. And in our staff meetings, the sparks fly. <laughs> There's times when we're just, we're heated and we're disagreeing about something. And that's okay. Um, they're speaking out, Mark, like that sermon, like, you just lost everyone at five minutes. <laughs> like, they'll say that. And that's what I need to hear. Uh, it's what I need to hear. I'm grateful for friends that I have on staff and friends that I've made over the years. I want to give some examples of this uh, sparks flying, this open rebuke. Uh, when I graduated from seminary, I lived in Cambridge, but I worked in Hamilton. And I had one friend in Hamilton who I could always count on. He would offer me a meal. Uh, so I oftentimes would work in the day, and then I'd work in the evening because I'd be leading some kind of discipleship thing with the students. And so I could pop in and I could eat. And I'd often say, I'll be there at 6. And then I'd text and I'd show up at 6.15 or 6.20 or 6.30. Uh, and sometimes I wouldn't text at all. And so one time I, I call him up at 7 and I say, listen, Steve, uh, something came up. I'm not showing up. I can't, be, I can't be there. The next day he calls me up and he says, uh, Mark, you're treating me like a doormat. Uh, you assume that I'll have you over for dinner. I say yes. Guess what? I'm not having you over for dinner anymore. Uh, and you can't forever just treat people like this. And I was forced to evaluate how I was treating my friends. This was an open rebuke. This was exactly what I needed. Uh, I'm very thankful for friends who have done this to me. Um, you could say, well, where do I get friends like that? Uh, the church is a good place. Uh, that's where you can meet high-quality people. You can meet people of your same value system. Uh, it's a way to kind of step into these kinds of friendships is a small group. So in the next month, we're going to be launching this kind of newer version of small groups called Missional Families. Uh, so that'd be a good place to kind of make these kinds of friendships. Uh, it's probably the fastest way at the village to, to get connected. Uh, and you probably won't feel like you're a part of this church in some sense, unless you're in some kind of a small group, right? Um, it's just, it's where we do kind of these one another's in scripture, love one another, care for one another, serve one another. Uh, so that's, that's a place where you can get friendships like that. If I kind of look back in my life, that's probably where I've had these kinds of, gained these kinds of friends. Um, and you can say, the next piece is, how do I get friends like that? Um, uh, I want to share four kind of building blocks for friendship, uh, constancy, carefulness, candor, counsel. Uh, I heard a pastor share this, and I thought, oh, I like that. The four C's, I can remember that. Uh, 
So first, constancy, just showing up, being there. Second, carefulness. So kind of sensitive, not just uh, saying you'll be there at six and calling at seven and saying you won't show up. Candor, uh, that's my friend speaking up. That's what Terrence asked from me. And counsel, that's uh, knowing that that person can keep a secret. So you think of a counselor, right? They can, they hold it, they carry it. So first, constancy. There's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Uh, One commentator said, "Uh, most people who know you, and this is kind of a sad, I didn't like it when I heard this. They said, most people know you um, and want to know you because you're useful to them. Like, ah, come on, really? Uh, Useful for having a good time? Or useful for getting things done? Or maybe useful for companionship in a season when they're lonely? Uh, But what happens when you are starting to collapse? What happens when it hits the fan, so to speak? What happens? Uh... It'll take a lot of support. And a companion says, uh, call me if you need anything. Or a companion says, I'm with you in spirit. A friend, uh, they're there. They show up. They show up. Uh, So, constancy. Uh, This was my friend Vince after my breakup with Aaron. Um, This was my friend Vince. Every... Every day, I called him for the first month. Every day. And he was there. A friend doesn't let you go to ruin. Uh, a friend uh, loves at all times, Proverbs 17, 17. Um, he, he said, I, I won't let you hit bottom, Mark. <laughs> I'm there for you. Uh, a friend is constant. A friend is there. Um, so... As you kind of look through these building blocks, are you a true friend or are you a fair weather friend? Uh, constancy. Uh, two, carefulness. Uh, that showing or calling at seven is not a good way to keep a friend. Uh, that's telling a joke uh, that actually hurts me. If someone does that, It's like they're actually showing that they don't care. They don't actually know who I am. If they're going to do that, then they don't actually know who I am. Uh, Carefulness. A friend is careful. They know what to say, and they know what not to say. They know kind of your triggers, and they just don't go there. They just don't go there. That's a true friend. That's a true friend. Number three, candor. Uh, So of these four... Candor is the one that I struggle with the most. So I'm going to put that out there. That's the one that's most difficult for me. Uh, the Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend. Uh, what if uh, you're afraid of what needs to be said? What if you're afraid of telling a friend what you know they need to hear? The Bible says then you're not a friend. Then you're not a friend. What if you're 
you're afraid of what needs to be said. The Bible says if you're hiding the truth, that's the same as the work of an enemy. Uh, Proverbs 27.6 says an enemy multiplies kisses. An enemy multiplies kisses. So that's what Judas did to Jesus. Uh, he kissed Jesus. Uh, and he betrayed him. Have you ever said, I love this person so much that I can't tell them the truth. I just love them so much. I can't tell them the truth. If you say, and this is what, this is what one commentator said, and it really hit me. If you say, I love them too much to tell them the truth, then what you're really saying is, I love myself too much to, to go through that to go through that difficult experience of needing to tell them the truth. Uh, true friendship is these, pain, these painful words that I'm going to tell you are going to give pain to me. But I'm still going to tell you because I love you. That's a true friend. And then lastly, counsel. A friend is someone who sees you to the bottom. They see exactly who you are. They know your faults. They know your weaknesses. And they still love you. A friend, uh, someone you can keep counsel with, someone you can tell them everything. Uh, you can let your guard down around a true friend. Uh, a friend is someone who you can keep a secret with. A friend is someone who you can confide in. Uh, a friend, they see your faults and they don't just slowly stop calling you. Or they don't, they see your faults and they don't pull back. They see your faults and they don't just let you down after that. Um, I don't know about you, but I, like, I hear this, like, list, and I'm just like, okay, I'm not that. I don't have all that uh, the way I want to have it. Um, we, we may not have all the friends that we need. I, I, this, is, this sermon really hit home this week because I need, to get to, I need to get to Buffalo and I couldn't take my own car. And in my time, I've been here for about a year at, uh, in Thorold. And I didn't know who I would call to drive me to, the, to, to Buffalo. And that really hit me. I'm like, I've been here for a year and that's, like, I don't know, people are busy and I don't, because in Hamilton, there's probably a dozen people. But I'm new here, you know. And, and, uh, and then, actually, I thought, you know what? Kelly would be there. Sorry, Kelly. Actually, I did ask you permission for this. And I called up Kelly, and Kelly's like, I'm there. Uh, Kelly was a true friend. Um, but I, I didn't want to impose on anyone. And so I want to read a paragraph specifically for men. Uh, so if you're a woman, you can tune out here. This is specifically for men. Um, and these are the words of a pastor uh, that kind of cut to me because, yeah, so this is what he said. It's interesting to me that Christian men are hesitant to seek out this kind of relationship, so accountable, deep friendships. Men want these relationships, but very few are actually in them. I'm quite convinced that the main reason, or at least one of the main reasons, is that as men, we're convinced 
that we would be the one who's imposing on others. I'd be glad to talk to a friend if he called me at midnight in the throes of a crisis. But I would never think of calling another if I was experiencing crisis. I'd be glad to help a friend if they wanted accountability. But it wouldn't occur to me to impose on someone else, I need accountability. Everyone is busy. I, want, I don't want to be a bother. And yet, these other men, they're thinking the same thing. Uh, and this is what he kind of concludes. He says, maybe it's time for us to lay aside our pride and let other men into our lives. So, uh, where are we going to get the power, the strength to be the friends that we're called to be so that we can have the friends uh, that we need? Uh, listen to um, what the gospel says about friendship. Um, the gospel can be understood in terms of friendship. Uh, this is our last, our last point, how Jesus helps us to be a great friend. Uh, God is about relationship. God is relationship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Loving one another for all eternity. Uh, and so when God made us in his image, God made us to be in relationship, to be in community, to be in friendship. This is like foundational to what it means to be human. And so at the very beginning, the very beginning, you have Adam and Eve walking with God in the cool of the day. You have Adam and Eve in friendship with God. And then what happens is we broke that friendship. We turned our backs on God. And, and then when you betray a friend, what happens is your friend can then turn on you if you betray them. But rather than God turning on us, God chose to pursue us. And that's what this whole Bible is about. God pursuing us. And God pursues to the point of sending his son into the world. And so Jesus says, Jesus, who's the, the image of God, the perfect image of God, Jesus says, I'm the one who loves at all times. No matter where you come from, I'm the one who loves at all times. And so Jesus is the one who's born for adversity. He's the friend who strikes in order to heal. He's the friend who always lets you in. He's the friend who will never let you down. He's the friend who bore the depths of your burdens. Tim Keller, a, a pastor I respect, says, in Gethsemane, Jesus sees his friends denying him, his friends running away. Uh, and Jesus knows, and he's, he's told that he's going to have to either go to hell or he will lose his friends. 
And what Jesus decides is, I will go to hell. And that's the image that we have of friendship. And that's the image that we can then take into our friendships. That kind of sacrifice, that kind of love. I'd like to pray as we uh, prepare ourselves for communion. Heavenly Father, we, we know that friendship is important. It's what we need. Um, we've seen kind of these four characteristics of friendship. Um, and we kind of see the ways in which maybe we, we fall short of being great friends. Um, and yet we, we look at how um, you have been such a great friend to us, uh, pursuing us to the point of sending your son. Um, I ask that anyone here who kind of doubts or wonders of the depths of your love would gain a sense of it through communion that we're about to celebrate, that it would be a, a reminder, a fresh reminder that we are not your enemies, but that because of Jesus, we've been brought near, we've been let in, um, and we can be called your friends. Uh, open our hearts to this truth. Uh, open our hearts to be good friends to those around us. Open our hearts to receive those who want to be friends with us. Um, use this meal, God, to, um, to do these things. We pray through Christ. Amen.